Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles with Pastor James Vivian. He's going to teach us about marine spirits this week. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Well, thank you. How are you this week? I am overcoming. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I tell you, some of the things that I've been trying to get ready for today. It's been one of those days of uh, interference. You know how that goes. But that's all right. Oh, yes, God gives I do. Us power to keep on. God gives us the power to keep on going through. And that's the main thing with always fighting to go through because of the enemies that we have out here. I've been studying a lot about the uh, marine spirits lately because a lot of there's not that many books written on it. And it's not that many people realize that these things have a lot of impact upon us. In fact, about it's talked about in the book of uh, Revelations, where they talk about the beast that came out of the sea. And that let us know, hey, there's not only uh, beasts on the land, but there's beasts out there in the sea. There's also demons that, uh, that they call Leviathan demons, and then there's behemoth demons. The behemoth is the one that's usually on the land, and the uh, Leviathan spirits are out in, out in the water. And a lot of times we're being affected by things that we have no idea that has affected upon our spirit, soul, and body until we study these things out. A lot of things that we call myths are real. Things that we say, oh, like Hercules and uh, Thor, those are real beings, but they're not like what we consider good heroes and stuff, but they're demonic powers. They belong to the old titans and stuff like that, that are still, their spirit is still here. Because once a, a thing is brought here on this earth, it has a spirit in it. So when you die, you don't really die. Your spirit forever lives. And because of that, if you're not on your way to heaven, you're on your way to hell. And if you're not on your way there, then you're stuck in between. And there is a, a, a gray area here in on the earth. And in this gray area is where all the spirits and stuff, they reside here, destroying uh, human life because they don't like us. They're jealous of us. We are created after them, and they consider us a lesser being. But because of our image and likeness that we are created in God's image and likeness, we have power over them, but most of the time we don't know nothing about it. And the Bible says that the children of this world, which is the Satan's kids, are wiser than the children of light. Light is another word for understanding. So we have to study just like they do. We study to show ourselves approved unto God. They study to show themselves approved unto Satan. And Satan controls both the spiritual uh, watery world here and the earthly world here. And our job is to overcome them. That's why we, when we speak to each other, we talk about overcoming, overcoming, and just like in the book of Revelation, it talks about he who overcomes. So the main thing is to realize that we got these, these enemies and that we got to be ready to fight them at any given time. And the wise person or the wise woman or man, always prepare themselves as best they can to realize we got an ongoing uh, war going on and we've got to win. We don't 
We don't settle for anything else than to win. And because of that, we have so many things that we have to fight against that's not always written in the Bible, and we'll have to go through other sources where it used to be. Now, it was written in our books in the beginning, just like uh, our Bible. We talk about the 66 books of the Bible, but if you go back in history, all the way back to the first century, there was more than 66 books. And one of the books that I like reading from is the book of Enoch. And it's, well, that's not an inspired book, but yes, it is. Jesus quoted from it. Jude quoted from it. Even Moses quoted from it. So if they quote from a, a book, it makes me understand that is divine and a supernatural that came for us. So one of the things that we have to look at is when we're looking at uh, uh, spirits and stuff that we have divine encounters, we have to know what realm do they come from. Do they come from the earthly realm? Or do they come from the watery realm? And see, we've had, you know, Moses fought, as we read in the Bible, Moses fought in the earthly realm. He fought against snakes. He fought against uh, uh, things of the earth that was being changed by the uh, Pharaoh's uh, uh, servants and stuff. But we are able to do the same thing because we have power from the most high God or the one who created everything, and everything else is under him. And because of that, the enemy, he tries to uh, manipulate or imitate the things of God. But we have the, the authority and we have the power to do this because God is our father. God has adopted us into his realm. And because of that, and that reason only, we have power to destroy all types of demons. One of the things I want to try to talk about today, the strategy to help destroy the demonic realms, especially those uh, ones we call the uh, uh, the marine spirits or watery spirits. One of the things about that, before we talk about how to destroy these different types of demons, is that to realize they are real and what are their powers. A lot of times in Africa, you can walk past a water like a little um, pond and stuff, if you don't do a sacrifice to that spirit in that pond, even though you don't hear him, time you get to where you're going, you can be killed. So that's why you'll see most of them, they'll do a ritual or they'll have a, uh, lack of words, I'll say a wise man or a sorcerer or a uh, witch or a warlock to help them to do a sacrifice for the water so that they will have a peaceful trip. But our job is not to accept that because they're not our God. They're not our controllers. They're not our leaders. Our Bible says in uh, Psalms, the uh, the, uh, 82nd chapter, that uh, our God is the God of of all gods. He's, He's in charge of everything. And he called us. I'm sorry, my other phone is hooked up here. Hold on just a sec. Hey, Rhonda? I'm sorry you had to do this. Hey, Rhonda? Can you help me hook this other phone off? I'm on the radio. Disconnect that thing off the edge. You remember 
where you plugged it in. You know, no, the one down on the floor. Remember, you hooked it in with the. Oh, uh, yeah. That's it. Pull that whole thing out. There you go. Thank you. I'm sorry for you. Yeah, people out there, <laughs> I have a, another phone, and it just rained. There's no way I was close to it. Anyway, the devil doesn't want this to be taught. He doesn't want us to learn these things and what's getting ready to be happening. Because right now we're getting closer and closer to the time of the second coming. Most The Jews are looking for the first coming. We're looking for the second coming. But it's the same thing. It's Jesus is coming. And because of that, the war has intensified. And now we've got to intensify back to fight against what we're getting against in, in order that we may overcome. But like, as I say, in the spiritual realm, the water uh, spirits, as you do a uh, ritual to them, then they'll give you a uh, free leave to keep going past. I had a lady here from uh, Africa, and when she was here, her mother and father were the high priest and priestess over there, and their aunt was a uh, witch. Aunt could actually turn into a physical form of a panther. I don't mean human type, getting on her knees. and I'm talking about actually could change to the color and everything as of a panther. Just like there's some people that can change their bodies into snakes. They call them shift shapers. So a lot of times, I ain't going to say a lot of times, but sometimes when you think you're looking at an animal, you may be talking to a human being that is spiritual. But anyway, that's what I'm saying. Don't take everything lightly, but study for yourself. Let's talk about the strategic that will help defeat demons of various kinds. In order to fight a or destroy a demon, you must first understand demons. They are disembodied creatures, creatures that once exist in union with angels and humans and animals. Every demon has its specialty, virtue, and because of the angelic side, they may connect to an element or natural sources. That's what I was talking about. They could be of the earth. Or they can be of the water. And that's because when you find out what, they're, what they are connected to, you have the way of fighting them. You need to know the opposite of what gives them their power. So if you're going to fight a demon of the water, you need the angels of fire or the Holy Ghost of fire. You're going to fight a, a demon of the air, you need to call the fire in the air, like uh, Elijah did. And Pull those strongholds down. That's why it says, um, it says, uh, taking, using the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God through the pulling down of the strongholds. Strongholds is these spirits that's in the air, which are like principalities and powers and dominions. There's so much stuff, but our main thing is to get our mind focused in on what we're doing. There are nighttime creatures. Nighttime creatures appear usually at night. They're like nocturnal spirits. They're um, uh, incubus and syncubus, which they what they do to you. They hold you down, and the the modern science call it sleep paralysis. But if it's if it's sleep sleep paralysis, that means you need some medication and stuff. Make sure you get them off. They won't come off of you. But if you say the name Jesus, and I mean you have to say Jesus they will roll off of you. And the reason I know, I've been attacked myself, and I couldn't do anything except say that name Jesus, and they rolled off of me. So this is why you have to know 
who your enemy is, what you're fighting, and how to defeat them. It says also a good way, and I don't tell anybody to do these things. I'm just telling you some of the things that I studied on, is to sleep with a soft light in your room. A lot of people are scared of the dark. I'm not. I turn off the dark, I turn off the light, I go on to sleep, and I tell any demons that try to bother me that you don't want me to wake up, but if I do, I'm going to start praying. So most of the time, they leave me alone. So that's the same thing I'm telling y'all. You know, talk to these things before you go to sleep. Let them know your faith is in God, and you ain't scared of no demons. All right? Another thing is the demon of fear. Well, with the spirit of demon of fear, what he does He casts away the love that you have for people. He casts away the love you have for life. So, in other words, perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. And he who lives in fear has not been perfected in love. And that's what we got to do. So when you get ready to fight uh, the spirit of fear, you call in the angels of love. Put one in front of you, one in back of you, one on each side of you. I know most people say, well, that sounds crazy. Listen, did you invent the spiritual realm? Did you write the book? Nope. So since you didn't do it, the rules are out there. Let's keep on going. Just like as I was talking about earlier about how we have 66 books that we're known of, but there was actually 360 books known, known that was written by uh, Enoch. So where are the other books? The Vatican has it, but they won't tell you the truth. Why do you think you have so much trouble going on in the Vatican? That's because they know what is true. They know what is wrong. And they teach you just enough to where you'll be happy or, or, or accept what they say. But if you really want to go on a spiritual battle, you study what the books they have that they won't allow you to read, but you can find it from other sources, like the Book of Jubilee, the Book of uh, Asher, uh, the twelve tribes uh, of the, uh, the the twelve children of Israel and what they wrote, but that's why I said you've got to study to show yourself approved under God. With that spirit of, of fear, you always want to pray the love of the Father, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit, and you want to declare that. I had a wife when I was married; she used to write down different quotes every day, and she would say it out loud. And that's what gave her strength. When she went on the home to be with the Lord, I had not seen that angel show up on a weekday for a person's homecoming, as I did for hers. Uh, one of the other things you want to look out after is the spirit of death. And the reason you know that he, uh, he comes at you because when things are happening wrong and stuff, that means that he's either a headhunter or a demon assassin. If he's a headhunter, that means somebody put something out against you, witches, warlocks, or anything like that. Being an assassin, he uh, he might be straight from Satan himself to come and get you. So, but what you what is your weapon? You walk. Well, first of all, your first uh, defense against demons of death is to be sinless, not living in a active sin. Sin is the master that opened up the doorway to the spirit of death. The sting of death, 1 Corinthians 15 and 56, the sting of death is sin. You know, a lot of times these people are preaching uh, grace, 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 grace. Grace is for them who decide they want to live right for God. You know, 
when you you resist the Bible, now I didn't write the book, it's in there. When you risk, resist the Bible unto blood, unto death. And because of that, then he has no authority over you. But if you leave the door open, like somebody said, if you give the devil a ride, he'll take over and drive. So that's why we got to bind the gates of Hades that is open unto them. We got to bind that gate. In other words, stop the sin that's going to let this thing in. Bind the gatekeepers of Hades because they, they, they watch for a little opening so they can send their demons out or devils out or whatever to come after you. One of the other things you want to do is uh, bind the assassin and the bounty hunters because you don't want them coming after you. You don't want them coming after your family. We have power to bind and loose. A lot of times, I mean, you, I can permit or not permit. Listen, the spiritual realms, you have more power than you realize. If you will just study what does the Bible teach, what does the Bible says, what did Jesus teach, what did Jesus say, what did the apostles say, what did the prophets say, you read and study these things, and you'll find out how much power you really have, especially if you apply the blood of Yahshua or Jesus. The blood, the life is in the blood. When you apply that life against death, death has to run. Life against death, death is going to lose. Life, that's why he said I get said before you, life and death, and then I tell you to choose life. So as you learn to apply these things by speaking the blood of Jesus, Yahshua, Hamashiach, he is my, my blood, my lamb. I'm the one who came from him. He cancels my appointments with death, and I sing praises to him. So this is how you, you motivate yourself and how you keep on going and never stop learning what the Bible says. Always keep it in your mind. What does the Bible say? And just like it talks about uh, the, uh, in the Old Testament, it talks about being blessed coming in, blessed going out, being the head and not the tail. In other words, all, your life should be around what the word says. And if you on the front porch of your house, you should be praising God. You're in the back porch of your house, you should be praising God. When you think about the goodness of God, you should be praising him about what he's done did for you. Read aloud all scriptures about life. Now, demons of water, okay, they come from a watery element, and they cannot survive on land for a long time, similar to fish. You ever seen a fish when you put him on the bank, and he's, and he's, he's trying to go for water, and there's no water, but he's breathing air, and here you're breathing air, and it doesn't bother you, but it bothers them. Same thing with them. They'll uh, use spiritual stuff to get here on land, to seduce people. A lot of times they used to call them uh, sirens, where uh, he's in the marine spirit, where they would sit on the rocks, and as the sailors be coming, they would sing to them and not know what they, they look like, but it seemed like they sound like beautiful women. And time they realized what had happened, they done crashed up on the land, and then these demons had killed them. And so as long as they're near water, they're going to have their power. They, most of them have a, a body like a human, top part, but a body, the, the back part will be like a fish. But here, you can't see that. But they, when they're here on the earth, it's like their feet doesn't touch the ground. Maybe you, you can't see their tail and stuff, but you can see 
like look like feet, but it's not touching the ground. And they're moving along. That's if you get into the spiritual realm. It's, it's most times they live around any large body of water and stuff. That's why when you see people doing witchcraft and stuff, they stay around water, streams, uh, where water is moving or activating and stuff. And that activates the spiritual realm. It says when you want to bind a, a water demon, which you're going to need to, is to try to put them in, according to the scriptures, into dry and thirsty land where there's no water. Well, how do I know if it's working or not? Because God's word works. If you'll work the word, the word will work for you. And they have not, the demons have not invented anything new. Everything they have is the thing they always had. That's why they try to imitate God. But here's the thing. As long as we understand our Bible says that we have authority over them, we have power to speak things into existence, we have power to destroy things that, that's against God's kingdom, that's what we do. That is what we do. So when we uh, call up these dry places and stuff, don't worry about if it works or not. You just do what your part is. That's why we want to, when we call up on, uh, we'll call up on like holy uh, flood or fire, um, or oh, we can call them the Holy Ghost of Fire, the Angels of Fire, because uh, there's what we call the Orphim. You can do like Elijah said, he called down fire from the sky and stuff. You always remember, never forget, never forget the prayer. I read this thing on the Internet, and uh, it's called, let me see what it is. Here it is. It's called Divine and Supernatural Realms. A divine encounter. So you can look up those things yourself. This lady or whoever wrote this is not a uh, New Age teacher or anything else like this. This is a true Christian, and uh, she's been into some stuff, so she's trying to teach us. Just like, as I said, I couldn't tell you about Sinkabus and Incubus unless I fought, had fought with them. And since I fought with them, I know these things are real. Just like uh, Thor and uh, his brother Loki. Now, if I hadn't fought with him, I would think, oh, you people are crazy talking about Loki and all that. Those are cartoon characters. No, they're real. They're able to control uh, families. They're able to control weather. I've been, I've been with people that could levitate, and they say when they levitate, they feel so evil. And it wasn't them levitating. It was a spirit and another person levitating these people. So that means if you don't put on the home armor every day, if you don't study your word, you can be attacked. And the Bible even tells you that. It says that uh, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Well, if it says no weapon formed against you, that means there must be a weapon that was formed against you. It just can't prosper. But if you don't put up a defense, then you're going through. And the defense is to realize the battle is always in your mind. It's in your mind. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he speaks to you usually at night, in your dreams, and in your vision. It's in your mind. The spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. Yes, if you hit me in the natural realm, I will feel it. But I'm trying to tell you, if you want to really get at a person, you go into the spiritual realm. You, you drive up their money. You drive up their love. You drive up their success. And that's what we call witchcraft. 
and that's what's real out here, and we need to be able to battle back, and that's what God has given us, ways of battling back that we don't have to stay under the attack of the enemy, but we can wage warfare and destroy their work. And the hidden things of the universe, God will reveal it to us as we prove ourselves faithful and willing to learn. But the more you learn, the more you will learn. The more you uh, hold back, the less you learn. So in other words, a winner never quits, and a quitter never wins. Now, I'm, I'm opening up the lines early today, so if there's anybody who has any comments or questions to ask, this is the time to do it. And so I'm asking you, Dorothy, to give them the number again. Okay, the number is 646-595-4784, and press 1 if you have a question. 646 595-4784. And I'll try to answer it as soon as you call. Uh, do you have any questions to ask today, Dorothy? Uh, I just want to point out, when we're saying that these things are real, we are saying mm-hmm. in the spiritual realm, not necessarily that they are um, flesh, for lack of right. a better term. Correct? Right. Right. So, yes, these mm-hmm. things are real. All these myths, and what bothers me a lot is uh, the Disney stuff that turns all these old gods, small g, into mm-hmm. kid stuff. So that leads our children into sort of worshiping these things and, and dismissing the fact that they are real and they're not cute little things. No, mm-hmm. they're not. So um, that's one of the reasons why we need to teach our children and stuff as they're little bitty kids because you don't, you can't keep them from watching TV, and no. you never know what they're going to see at church. I mean, not at church, but at schools and stuff, or at their friend's house. But we can give them an understanding. Now, listen, this thing here, you know, it seems cute and bubbly and stuff, but there are demons that have these things. And what age is a good time to teach them? Usually around five or six. And then there's that thing about uh, the the laws that's been passed up in uh, New York and stuff and these other states. They don't realize, most people don't realize, these are seeds been planted in the person's mind to make you think that sin is all right, no matter what you call it, homosexuality, horrorism, abortion, whatever you call it, you know what is the difference between what is good and what is evil. And you choose to do evil, you're opening up doors. I'm telling you how to close these doors. I'm telling you what these things are open up. They got this thing called the CERN machine. If you if any of you get a chance, search it out, C-E-R-N. And what is this thing? It's opening up spiritual doors. In fact, a man who is an atheist, and if any of you people are very wise, you'll know who I'm talking about, Stephen Hawkins. He is an atheist, and he said that before he died, he said, y'all are opening up things, and we're seeing things that it should not be. So he said, don't wait till the last second to repent, but live the life that you should live now so that you may have eternal life 
in heaven and not eternal life in hell. Uh, nobody got any questions to call in tonight? Not yet. Yeah. I do have another question, and we discussed this a little okay. bit the other day. Okay. Uh, the taking of innocent blood, which is what mm-hmm. abortion is. I was so angry the other night, I thought I could spit to Hawaii. I was that mad, and I'm not a spitter. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I found myself really wanting to call down fire from heaven on these people um, voting against the, the save a life after abortion thing in mm-hmm. time and, and the, the new abortion laws that, you know, I'm sorry, but once a fetus is outside of the female's body, it's not a fetus, it's a baby, it's a human being, and and that is innocent blood. How do we, I mean, because there's, if you look in scripture, the taking of innocent blood is a very, very serious thing. Um, how do we keep it? I mean, it pollutes the land. It pollutes the people of the land. And how do we, since these people are supposedly our representatives, how do we keep the innocent blood off the hands of the American populace? And how do we pray properly so that we're not praying witchcraft prayers against these senators? Okay, that's a good question there. And the way that most of us should do is that pray that, Father, I ask for these people to repent. Because God doesn't hear anything until you repent. And then once they repent, you pray that they'll get an understanding of what is wrong. Because see, when it, the Bible says the life is in the blood, it means that if you notice now that we're able to understand what is cells and DNA and all this other stuff, that when God said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So that means we had a life before we got here. But a lot of times people don't know what's going on in the spiritual side, where that your name is called out, your body is getting prepared, and then all of a sudden here this person destroys this body, which destroys your life from coming in. The people you're destroying sometimes go, well, it's, it's, it's bad on me, it's bad on my life. The people you're keeping from coming here sometimes may be evil people, but most of the time they might be the doctor, the lawyer, or the person you need in life, but somebody that destroyed them to be able to help you. I have met over, and I'm not exaggerating, over 10,000 people since I've been doing deliverance for 38 years now. And many of them who were getting ready to commit suicide did not because I was able to show them and convince them that you don't know what's on the other side. I deal with the other side. And because of that, these people are alive and they have kids of their own. They repented. And repenting changes your mind. And then you'll start seeing things differently. And the Lord will. I guarantee it. If you turn you will see at least the Lord once in your life. You may not realize it, but you will see him at least once in your life. And he said, I will abode with you, me and the Father. And God is not a man that he would lie or a son of a man that he would repent. What he said, he'll bring it to pass. So the main thing is like now is to 
that I'm getting away from the book of Acts this week, I'm hoping maybe we'll still do so, is that because it's signs, wonders, and miracles is who the God we serve. And there's six types of spiritual existence. First type is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You go to Genesis 1, uh, verse 2, Philippians 1, verse 1 and 19, and 1 Thessalonians 4 and 8. The second type of spiritual existence is the holy angels. Sometimes we talk about them as being archangels, seraphim, cherubim, fallen angels. Like if you go into the Psalms 103, verse 4, you'll find out about angels and how they have charge over you according to Psalms 91 and how they're the ones that deliver you and stuff. A lot of times we say God is this, God is this. Yes, God is talking through them, but he he assigns certain angels to be with us if we want to walk with them. The third type of spiritual existence is demons. You'll find that in the book of Revelation. And because of these demons, they don't like us. They don't like you. You cannot make friends with them. Even the witches and warlocks tell you they're scared of them because if they lose control, then they take a binge on them. The other type of spiritual existence is the human spirit. Zechariah 12 and 1, Ecclesiastes 3 and 21. The human spirit, a lot of times, is vanity of vanity, all is vanity. In other words, we do things that please our flesh, but we forget about the human uh, planet that we're on. This planet even has life. I'll talk about that in a minute, that when we sin, like through uh, what we were talking about earlier, we actually kill our planet. We're actually killing ourselves because Satan's agenda is for the world to be destroyed so that he can look at God and say, look, they're all dead. They, They all fell for me. Jesus said, I come to give us life and life more abundantly. And he said, if I had not cut the days short, no flesh shall survive. That means Satan would have won. But God is closing the, the door soon. As you notice how fast time is running past, it's not like like before. I used to love to be up. It looked like, seemed like day just took its time all day long. Now it goes so fast, and a lot of people blame me on, well, it's the lifestyle we're living. That's, it just going fast. Are you sure? Are you positive? Did you create time? Can you make time stand still? Because you can't, then you don't know what's going on except what we're taught. The other type of spiritual existence is the animal uh, spirit, Ecclesiastes 3 and 21. And uh, a lot of times what we call beast, beast spirits. There's the wolf, there's the bear, there's the dragon, all kinds of things out there that that you have no clue about until you start reading and studying what does God say, what has God taught us, and where must I go to read and study for myself. And there's the spirit of the plants. And if you notice, you'll read them, you'll read about how they uh, they breathe, and that's part of the planet. They breathe our, our, our air that we expel, they give them life, and then they breathe air for us, and we get life from them. 
And so because of those things, we we get to regenerate. They get to regenerate. They breathe what we breathe out the root, or like uh, like the Hebrew word, living life, breath, breath, or spirit, or soul. And because of that, we get become stronger. But when we destroy our land, when we allow sin to reign instead of righteousness reign, we're killing ourselves. We're killing others in this world. That's why it's so important to know what does the word says versus what the word doesn't say. You also got to know the times and the seasons. But there are certain times that the devil is stronger than there is in other times. Sometimes he's weaker. But we, if we study our battlefield, study our plans, get ourselves ready, we're strong at all times. But I'm trying to tell you, since the world doesn't do it, and because individuals causes havoc, we're getting weaker and weaker and depending more on our own thoughts than on the spiritual realm. The angels want to come out so that you can see them. They want you to know who they are. Satan does not want you to know about the angels, and he doesn't want you to know about the demons. So the, one of his biggest tricks is to make people believe he doesn't exist. That the, de- that the demon world does not exist. But then all you have to do is look at these people that go around killing a bunch of people. And they, you ask, why did you do it? I don't know. Uh, why did you do that to your husband? I have no clue. I loved him. But the spirit realm enters in. Just like it said in the book when Judas was getting ready to uh, to turn on Jesus. It said, and then the spirit entered into him. He wasn't going to do that. He had to wait till the spirit entered into him and took control. Can we stop the spirits from coming in? Yes. Stop sin. Two, love people. Three, love yourself. And if you'll do that, if you'll stop the sin, that means you love God. So that means you're going to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, obeying him. And then you start loving your neighbor as thyself then you're going to do unto others as the way you want them to do to you. In other words, you wouldn't step on my foot if you don't want me to step on yours. You wouldn't want me to take your wife from you if you don't me, if I don't want you to take my wife from me or anything. This is what we have to look at. Children, if we teach them not to be selfish when they're younger, because we all have that selfish thing when we're born. Well, that's why I said we're born into trouble. We're born into sin. We all have that selfish nature. But we can be taught not to be selfish. You know, like, uh, first thing we do is cry and get us some milk. Cry and mama do this. Mama, 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 daddy, daddy, daddy. But when we start to learn to love one another, we try to help mama. We try to help daddy. Whatever it takes to make the household happy, that's what we strive for. And if you make your household happy, you'll make your block happy. You make your block happy, you'll make your city happy. And it keeps right on feeding, the same as with sin. If you do wrong, then it'll start just like a rotten apple in a barrel of good apples. After a while, they, all the apples start to spoil. That's why you got to get the rotten one out of there. I'm saying, as I told you, the, the phone line is open. It's time for anybody to call in. Let me see here. And you know, one of the things is when we're praying, 
We don't like the demons to hinder our prayer. And the reason they hinder our prayer is because we don't pray on the cosmic level. We think about everything's here on the earth, on the earth, on the earth. But no, we have to think higher. Our mind has to be uh, basically shown that there's the power of darkness and we have the power of light. When power of darkness is showing up, we must speak with light. We are the spirit of light. And because of that, that's how we get to win the spiritual warfare and stuff. This is how we defeat our enemies. This is how we set our children free. If you don't want to set nobody else free, you ought to want to help set children free. But you'd be surprised how many people there are in this earth that don't like children. They don't want children to exist. They think they're going to live longer if the kids die. That's why they put all these different plagues out here. But they figure they can live if the population gets smaller. Well, preacher, I don't believe in that. I don't care. They got a place called the Georgia Guidestones. They just destroyed it not too long ago. They told you what the, the elite want. They said they they got to get us down to 500 million. So that means 7.5 billion people have got to be killed. Well, if I don't believe it, it don't happen. It doesn't matter. If you don't believe there's water on this earth, it doesn't mean the water's going to dry up tomorrow. I don't believe there's birds in the air. It doesn't mean the birds ain't going to fly tomorrow. And if you walk up under it, you'll find out uh, under a bunch of birds that just got through eating, you'll find out they're still there. But understanding is the most important thing. Understanding that what I'm teaching you now and other preachers that have been teaching for the longest, how to get freedom from the occult, how to destroy the kingdom of darkness, how to promote the kingdom of light, and how to do the things that would please God and get us set, set our prayers through the universe to get to the most high God, even though he's closer to you and in your own breath. He loves for you to speak. He loves for you to talk. Do you have a so question, Pastor? Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. It's all right. Uh, Erica 913, your mic is open. Yes, uh, Pastor James. Uh, I was wondering, you were talking about that the devil has strong times and weak times during the year. Yes. When are those times and of the year that, are, that he's strong and he's weak? And and why is he stronger or weak during those times? Okay, there. I'm glad that's a good question too. And um, the thing is, a lot of times they come during uh, like the sauces, winter sauces, summer sauces, uh, what we call May Day. Most of you up there celebrating May Day is one of high high time. Set uh, saying uh, what is that? Uh, uh, Halloween and stuff like that, that gives them more power. Why? I have no clue. But I know they did to get stronger during that time, and that's when we should be fighting even more right then, that we'll find out that the times and seasons, that these things that are guiding their, uh, let's say, they call themselves, uh, 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 what is it, G? Guides, human guides, but actually they're familiar spirits, and they're dealing with witches and warlocks and anybody else who wants to uh, move into the darkness, and the darkness is there, and just waiting for anybody who wants to get up under darkness. So as I say, there's like oh seven or eight different seasons, but most people 
I want to tell you about the, the winter sauces, summer sauces, uh, the fall and spring. But those are the times that they are the strongest. And then early in the mornings, like uh, from 12 to 3, from 12 to 3 at night, what we call from 12 to 3, the witching hour, they're the strongest. That's why you'll see people out at the nightclubs and stuff, and they, they're, they're dancing and having a good time and stuff. But if you're able to look into their eyes and see some of the things that I see, you'll find out a lot of demonic people are out there on that floor. And as I tell people, if you want to be with a demon, go out to the clubs at night. Did that answer your question, sir? Uh, it, it answered part of it. Uh, okay. So when is, the, when is the devil weak? And, how, and what can we do to capitalize on that when he's weak? Okay. One of the things that the devil becomes uh, the weakest is when we're doing spiritual prayer. Spiritual prayer weakens the enemy. They cannot stand our prayer because our prayer is more like uh, fire to them. And they they want to hide in the darkness. They don't want to be exposed. They want to uh, keep us in darkness where we do not see the truth or hear the truth or deliver from the truth. So as we pray, the fire gets stronger, we get stronger, and they get weaker and weaker. And one of the, the weakest times for them in the year is the uh, what we call the uh, Day of Atonement. And that Day of Atonement usually is in September, and it's what they call the New Year. That's when God judges the people and what all that had happened before. And that's when you go to Psalms 82, where it says God judges among the gods. And that gives us more power when God is judging for us. And the Bible says, if, he, if God be for us, who can be against us? That's what makes us strong. <clears throat> now, are, are, are we strong during Easter? Okay. That's a good question, too, because a lot of people believe in uh, celebrating Easter. And Easter is a uh, demonic time. Uh, it's about a spirit named Esther, Esther which is uh, where they had eggs and stuff and uh, trying to say that she's the one who's the facility of life and everything. But see, also during that time is the time of what we call the resurrection, where our Savior was uh was crucified, died, buried, and rose from the dead during that time. So we don't celebrate Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of the Messiah or the Christ. Is there any other okay. question you want to ask? Or did I answer <clears throat> that correctly? It, uh, you, you answered that question. Uh, going back to... Uh, your your uh, water demons. Uh, what what about like living on top of uh, like an aquifer? Okay. With, with that, because that's a that's an extremely large amount of water. Is there more? Is there a chance with being li- living on top of an aquifer would that cause you problems? Okay, that's a good question too. 
most of your witches and warlocks and most of the people that are cults, they try to be around those water things or ley lines. So that way they draw more power because it is a spiritual aspect. And a lot of times you'll see that when they do blood sacrifices and stuff, they'll sacrifice the blood into the water that's close to their house. And that water is supposed to give them electrical life or vibrating life to them. And that's why they do that. So if you're around a place that has, uh, let's say, a Masonic Lodge out in front, and these people are not just the first, second, or third degree, but up there higher and understand what's going on, they'll find out that there is a lot of blood that's sacrificed there. Even when you're in in the Masonic Lodge, they just don't realize you give up your right when you get yourself stabbed and drop of blood comes down. You give up your right to be a child of the most high God when you're making contact with spirits and you don't even realize it. So that's why we have to understand, staying on the water places, staying where uh, demons can move freely on what we call ley lines and stuff, those things we have to pray against. We have to break the curses on those things. But if you don't break the curse, the curse will still get you. That's why a curse is not broken until it's broken. Now, now these ley lines that you're talking about, I, I've heard I've heard them talk about it. Uh, you know, like on the History Channel, they they talk about. Uh, uh, like Stonehenge and the pyramid. What what exactly are those? Okay, these are special places uh, like Stonehenge and the uh, the uh, pyramids and uh, and not just the pyramids of of Giza or stuff over in Egypt, but it's all through the world. They're like uh, nautical uh, lines that they use around the earth. One go lateral, the other one go uh, opposite of it. And if you put those two together, come across where they cross, that is where power is. And those lines, you keep following the line, they keep all the way around. Like it goes right straight through uh, the pyramids. It goes right straight through uh, the things over in England. It'll keep going on to another pyramid. Everything is on that same line. And that's why they call it a ley line. And that energy there, it vibrates. The whole world is set up on vibration, but people just don't know it. They don't believe it. Everything vibrates. Without vibration, nothing would be here. We actually think we're actually touching the table. We're actually vibrating, touching another vibration. And because that vibration is, un- is to you the same vibration you're thinking at the time, then you're able to touch it. Like some people, when they get their, uh, their legs cut off and stuff, they'll still feel that leg is still there because of the vibration, even though the leg is not there. It's the nerves that are still vibrating. So uh, these these ley lines, as I said, are, are the lines of longitude and latitude is where they touch together and power is located there. Now, why why don't uh, we tap into those lines to like power our, power our houses and things of that nature? That you know, if it's such of a great uh, uh, 
electrical system around the Earth, why has that never been tapped into for that type of purpose? Okay, that's another good question. And that is, there was this uh, scientist, his name is uh, Tesla. And Tesla proved that these things did exist and that we could run our Earth free, free energy. But see, that does not put no money in the rich man's pocket. So they don't want you to know that. Just like when I was in school uh, for mechanics, there were some people who came up with actually chemicals that they can put in your car and run it off of water. But they paid them a certain amount of money to keep their mouth shut. And that's the thing. We have things that here that could be done for free. But as long as uh, the man who's getting rich doesn't want you to know, you'll not know about it. So it's all about greed. Well, thank you, thank you, sir, for those answers. I believe that's that's all the questions I have, at least for now. Okay. Well, let's see. Anytime you want to call back, you can. As I say, this has been one of those nights for me. I've been, let's <laughs> say, I've been kind of busy today, trying to get everything set up after I come back from Florida. But thank God I'm here. Thank God that we have seen people going through deliverance lately, and more and more people are coming to knowing the truth. The knowledge of the truth so that they can live freer life. I can say you're free. I said freer life because there was a time when you wasn't working free at all, and now you can walk in freeness and knowledge and power. Well, thank you very much. Sir, sir, sir I have another question. When you talk Go about ahead. deliverance, what is, de- what is deliverance? Oh, okay. Well, people have different ways of seeing about deliverance. Deliverance uh, light and is deliverance heavy. Deliverance is meaning a person with a spirit is going through something and the spirit is being weighed down. His understanding is being weighed down. His desires are being weighed down. So you need something to get that thing, that spirit to raise up the energy level. And the way you do this is that you cast off what they call demons. The demons soak up, and they're, they, they're to drain us. They try to drain us with our blood. They try to drain us with our water. They try to drain us. But as you start to set the captives free by destroying the work of the devil, by scriptures, by oil, by spiritual weaponry that we use, but then there's deliverance heavy which means this person has been under attack for so long, they can't get along. They can't get out of their misery. They just figured there's no hope. But with deliverance heavy, where well, we have a, a stronger weaponry, we have more people helping, then they have a chance to be free and walk in the freedom of these energies or these spirits or these devils or these uh, things from the upper atmosphere can be taken off of them to where they can have life and life more abundantly. Now, now is, is this the same thing as an exorcism? Okay. The Catholic Church used the word exorcism, which is a, 
a Greek word for means to cast out. Uh, when they say deliverance, that's usually a what we call a Christian saying or a Pentecostal. And it actually means the same thing, is to cast out the demon or cast off the energy that's attacking. That's why if you notice any other religion, they have what they call uh, exorcism or deliverance. And they all feel the same is casting off those energies that's destroying that person. I don't care if you're in Islam or if you're into Buddha or or even the church of, uh, what is that thing called, uh, Mormonism. Joseph Smith, a lot of churches don't know this. Joseph Smith used to do exorcism, and that's what he taught. Even though the Mormonism church today doesn't teach about it, but it's still in their history. That is to get rid of negative spirits or negative energies and bring our vibration or our spirit up to a higher level. For the Bible teaches us a merry heart or a happy heart is good as a medicine. Now, now why you said. Like the Mormons used to do it, why don't they do it anymore? Well, they Why'd split they off in two. They split off into two different sections now. There's the uh, last Church of the Latter Day Saints, and then there's the uh, Church that are of uh, Arizona, of uh, Salt Lake City. The one in Salt Lake City is is ran by a man named Brigham Young. He's dead now, but that's what he set up. And he's the one who, uh, the reason I know, because I studied, plus I used to be with him, it would be uh, reorganized, where they showed that uh, they dug uh, Joseph Smith out of the grave and married him with some some other women after he was dead to say that polygamy it was all right. But Joseph Smith did not teach that. So that's what you got. You got two different sets of Mormons. You got the Independence Mormons. Here in Independence, Missouri, and you got the ones down in uh, Salt Lake City. So, so do any of those still do deliverance? Not that I know of, because they had to at one time. There was only one set of Mormons, which was from out of Salt Lake City, and then there was another group that broke away from them and decided they wanted to go back to the old teaching. So I haven't been to their church recently, so I don't know if it's teaching about uh, deliverance or not, or exorcism. Uh, now, now, is there any other churches that used to do it and don't do it anymore? I bring that up because I had a friend that his his father was a, was a Methodist minister back mm-hmm. in the 50s or 60s, and he used to do it, but I no longer hear the Methodist church doing that. Yeah, that is true. The Methodist Church used to do deliverance. Uh, most of the uh, used to be Assembly of God used to do deliverance, but as they as they mature, they say they get away from it. But what it is when they get fearful of the devil, they change their politics. When they get fearful, they change their uh, doctrine. Because see, this is a war, and if, unless you've been trained for war and made up your mind that the war is not over until it's over, you might change, you might backslide, you might walk away. But, yes, there's many 
as I said, there's many uh, denominations that used to do deliverance and don't do it anymore. But there are still different religions that still does deliverance. Or what they say, casting out the demons. But they don't do it the way we do. We use the power of Jesus Christ, the most high God. That's why we had to go to Psalms 82. We have a God that says it in the word that he judges among the gods. So if he's judging among the gods, that means there is one almighty God, and that's him. Uh, well, you use Jesus Christ to cast them out. Well, how how do these other religions do it then? The way they do it, a lot of them use uh, different relics and stuff. They use chemicals. They use uh, uh, chants. And and what it does, it doesn't actually cast them out. They just kind of make a deal with them. If you let them go, I'll, I'll do this and I'll do that for you, then they'll, they'll do it. But uh, the majority of them, they'll tell you right quick, most of the time when they cast out demons, it comes back. And we cast them out. They don't come back. We send them to a place that is prescribed for them. That's why it says the pits of hell has enlarged itself because the hell was made for the devil and his angels. So since there is the most high God, we operate in the most high God spirit versus they operate in the fallen angel spirit, which are not gods but claim to be gods. Oh, okay. I understand now. All right. Anything else? No, I believe that's it. Well, I I appreciate you calling in. It's been a big help because as I teach, I learn. As I tell people all the time, if a person is teaching and don't learn, you ain't doing nothing. But a lot of times it makes me study even more and make me understand about the the weaponry of our warfare and who we're fighting and how we can defeat them. Because there's no way without the Spirit of God to teach us and lead us and guide us into all truths can we do what we do. And that's why, as I tell anybody, if you need deliverance, give us a call. We don't charge anything, but you have to come to where we're at. If you come, we'll work as if you have paid us a million dollars trying to help you get through so and and where are you located at? Oh, I'm located in Independence, Missouri. The address is 9623 East Independence Avenue. That's 9623 East Independence Avenue, Independence, Missouri. It's in a, it's in a church called Mount Washington Baptist Church. But you have to come around to the back of the church. And the back of the church is where you'll find us, Jesus Christ, teaching ministry. So the address again is 9623 East Independence Avenue. And if you would like to call us on the phone, our telephone number is 816-350-2420. That's 816-350-2420. Our classes are from Friday night from 6.30 to 8.30, where we do Bible study 
and we also accept any difficult questions you want to answer. Ask. On Sunday, we start at 12 o'clock, and we're there from 12 to probably 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening, according to how many people need to go through deliverance. We do the best we can because we're not God, we're just his servants. All right, I thank you for asking me that so we can put the address on the broadcast. And let's uh, see if there's anybody else or anything that you'd like to ask, sir. No, I'm good. Okay. Well, you have a blessed day. You too. Okay. Hey, Dorothy, are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay. Do you have any questions or anything cross your mind? One thing crossed my mind and, and about my question about the spirit, if they're being real in the spirit world, I have to wonder in the times of Noah, when mm-hmm. all of flesh was corrupted, were some of these so-called gods and, and strange creatures real in the flesh that all these myths the- came from? Mm-hmm. Well, you got to remember, all these religions were here before the flood, and God gave people a chance to repent from their from their evilness, but they refused, and in fact, they got the worse and worse and worse. And when all those spirits died, they are they were left here on this earth because the spirit cannot die, and they were tormented. And they're still under torment now, but as what happened before, there'll be I think it's in the book of uh I think it's in the book of Noah. There's a book called the Book of Noah, where it says after the uh after these things had died, they were still held here upon the earth trying to torment mankind. And there were giants in the land and they said and there was afterwards, I think it's in Genesis six. And you'll find out that these spirits are still here, and just like um, because of, of the things that they were, they were not. They cannot go to heaven. They cannot repent, because they're not God's creatures. That's why Jesus told them. He said, when the Pharisees talked to him, he said, "You are your father of the devil." And you can tell the ones that's living for God and the ones that's not. The ones that living for God, they don't get mad at if you try to correct them. But somebody who's evil and stuff, they do not want to be corrected. And they get mad inside and don't even know why they're getting mad. That's because they're the father of the devil. But they can repent. If they hurry up and repent before they turn around and get that spirit out of them and destroy that spirit from coming back in. Okay, any other questions? No, not for me. Okay. And you know, divine knowledge is the most. Okay. Divine knowledge is very important. Understanding the spirit world, the laws, the principalities is very important to be able to do spiritual warfare against them. We must know the truth of God and how to separate this truth from the deception of the devil because that's what his job is to to deceive us. He's here to destroy us. He's here to rob us. He doesn't like us. And, you know, I feel sometimes I just feel for him. I don't 
say I feel sorry for the devil, I mean for the uh, witches and warlocks, feel for them for not knowing the truth. And if they know the truth, then they understand in the end they're going to be destroyed. And they're not going to die, but they'll be destroyed, and they'll be in a place called the lake of fire, which burns forever and ever. And people say, well, I don't believe in it. Just because you don't believe in something doesn't mean that it's not real. I can tell a person, you meet standing right in front of me, and I say, you ain't got no clothes on. I can believe with all my heart this person is naked. But that doesn't change the difference. If he got on his clothes and stuff and his, his hat and everything, it still be there, even though I say it ain't there. So the main thing is always understanding there's different laws out here. There's different spirits out here. There's different matters out here. And we got to learn what this is and what we need to do to fight back. Let me see here. Uh, trying to get my Bible here just a second. Now let us turn to the book of Acts. That's one of my books I love because of plans, wonders, and miracles. I believe we're in uh, actually what eighth chapter? Or do you know either? I think we had gotten up to the ninth chapter. The ninth chapter? Okay. All right. Let us turn to Acts, the ninth chapter, starting with the first verse. Acts, the ninth chapter, starting with the first. As I told you, every scripture we done read so far, you can always find signs, wonders, and miracles. Even in that eighth verse just now. We saw where I said the 26th verse where the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and arrived and said, go to the south by the way to go down to Jerusalem and to Gaza, which is in the desert. An angel, an angel, an angel appeared to him. The Bible says in the book of uh, Hebrew, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for many have entertained angels unaware. I told y'all, in one of these times in your life, once you turn your life over to Christ, Jesus and the Father will materialize to you. You will hear their voice. All right, Acts, the ninth chapter, starting with the first verse, and it says, And Peter, I mean, and Saul, while breathing out threatening and slaughters against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest, and he desired a letter to Damascus, to the synagogue. What does the word synagogue mean? Synagogue means a gathering place. And the gathering place is where they gather to uh, worship their God. It's like we call it the church. That's what it is. It's a gathering place. And if he had found any in the way, in this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. Now, they doesn't bring it out like it normally would have been, but it says that they found any in this way. That's the way the church was called it in the beginning. It was called the way. Instead of saying the church or the synagogue, it was called the way. And that's why Jesus said, this is the way, the truth, and the light. No man gets unto the Father except by me. It's the way. That's why we are always on a journey. And every man, every woman has got to go through a journey. And at the end, will the truth be revealed? But if you think you can go on the journey and not read the roadmap, you will get lost. 
And this, the third verse says, And he journeyed and came into Damascus, and suddenly shined about him a light from heaven. And he fell on the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. It's hard for thee to kick against the prick. And he trembled and astonishing said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what you must do. There's a lot of people today asking, What does the Lord want me to do? What is Lord, what you want me to do? What you want me to do? Sometimes he sends other people to tell you what he wants you to do. To give an example, I'm down there in Dallas, Texas, and I prayed a simple prayer in Kansas City, and that was, Lord, which direction do you want me to go? I didn't ask what to do. I just said, which direction do you want me to go? Because I figured if he sent me in a direction, he'll tell me what he wants me to do. About that time, the pastor of that church, which I did not know him, or the preacher of that church, which I did not know, walked out of the pulpit, came all the way through the crowd, came to the back of the church where I was sitting. He said, God told me to tell you to go east, southeast. And he walked back in the pulpit. I later went home, got to Kansas City, and after I got here, I get a phone call. I answered the phone. This lady said, well, can you run a revival for me? I said, okay, where do you stay? She said, Boston, which is east of Kansas City. And that's how my ministry started. But waiting and hearing God send somebody to tell me what to do. And that's the same thing for most of us. If you want, want something for God to do, get busy doing something and then let the Lord send somebody, if need be, to tell you what to do. So anyway, the seventh verse, remember I told you all about the journey. And the man which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing, hearing a voice but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. He couldn't see nothing. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, neither did he eat or drink. In other words, he was so astonished, he was so scared, he went on a fast. A fast is good for you. Ask your doctor. He'll tell you. One in two days missing a meal helps cleanse your body. It's good for you. The Bible is not just written for one thing, you know, to give you spiritual knowledge, but it's there to help with your spirit, soul, and body. And then the more you understand the stories, the more the thing that's been hidden that is revealed to you, the stronger you will become spirit, soul, and body. All right? Then it says, the 10th verse, and there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and, and, to, and to him said the Lord, in a vision. There are two types of vision. There's an open vision and there's a closed vision. An open vision is that your eyes is wide open and you'll see things. Uh, to give an example there, because I can't give you something I ain't did, so I have to give you what I've, I've seen myself. I was talking to a friend of mine. My eyes was wide open. I saw this lady riding in a car, coming up on a stop sign, and I seen my friend in his car. And I, I saw she was getting ready to hit him. And I said, Michael, don't go out of the house right now. 
Because when you do, a leg gonna you're gonna get to that stop sign there, and a leg gonna run the stop sign and hit you. And my son ain't gonna happen. My guy in his car, and he, when he got to the corner, he decided to stop. And when he did, a lady ran a stop sign. Well, he drove on, and he said, "Oh, that's just coincidence." He got going down the street, and the Lord spoke to him. He said, "God can speak to you. Just don't be hard headed long enough. You don't need to hear it when He's angry at you." He told him, he said, you didn't believe my prophet? I'm speaking to you now. He said, stop your car before you get to the light. He said, two people are going to run a, a red light. And my friend stopped his car, thought he was crazy, and two ladies ran the red light. And he came back and told me, don't tell me what else you see. <laughs> but I'm trying to tell you, our God is real. Our God is supernatural. Our God wants us to serve him, and he wants to help us. But if we're hard-headed and turn our back on him, and if, if we're one of his children, you will get a whooping. But he will try his best to get you back. So I told you about the open vision and the closed vision. The closed vision is your eyes are closed, and all of a sudden you can see something in your mind, even though your eyes are closed. So when it says, and the 10th verse, and when he said, and the Lord in a vision said, Ananias, that means his eyes could have been open or closed. He said to him, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go to the street, which is called Straight. Inquire of the house of Judah for one called Saul of Tartus. And for, behold, he prayeth. And he seen him in a vision, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. So an open vision, here's Ananias, is hearing about what God is telling him. He sees the man to go there. A closed vision, Paul couldn't see nothing, but he saw this man, Ananias, coming to lay hands on him that he would receive his sight. 13, and Ananias answered, said, Lord, I've heard many things of this man, how much evil he has done to thy saints in Jerusalem. And he he is, uh, and here he is with the authority of the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. The word name means authority. So people want to always argue about, is his name Yahshua, is his name Jesus, is his name Manuel? Listen, it's what God has called you to do at that time. If you were saved under the name Jesus, Jesus is the name you. If you were saved under the name Yahshua, that's yours. If you were saved under the name uh, Jesus, that's his name for you. It's nothing but authority. If you believe it, you shall receive it. If you don't believe it, you won't receive it. And as you notice, here's all this signs, wonders, and miracles. First thing that happens when Paul goes uh, riding around, the light shines from heaven. He gets knocked off. He gets talked to a supernatural God, which is Jesus. He even told you, he said, my name is Jesus. He also showed that he was lost his eyesight, and because that he lost his eyesight, that he was willing to believe whatever it takes to get it back. And then here's another man, signs and wonders, Ananias. He's sitting up there uh, praying, and the Lord spoke to him in a vision. That's supernatural, supernatural. Seeing him in a vision and told him what he wanted him to do. He did not make this thing up in his mind. He didn't have somebody write a book or a letter to him. It was supernatural, all right? 
But in the 15th verse, it says, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my authority, name, before the Gentiles. Gentile means one who has no covenant with God. He has no uh, agreement with God. So, or, and our, we are chosen vessels. We have a, 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 a covenant or a testimony or a, or a contract with our God to do what he says, and we will be rewarded. So it says, to bear my name unto the Gentiles and kings and to the children of Israel, for I will show unto him great things that he must suffer for my name's sake. You got a lot of people talking about, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm living with the Lord now. I don't have to suffer anything. Listen, if you're going to be with God, you must be willing to suffer with him because you cannot rule and reign without going through some suffering. All God wants you rich and he wants you fat and he wants you to be healthy. Not all the time. Pray that you don't have to go through anything else. But, hey, there's only a few people in the Bible I ever read about one name that uh, he prayed a prayer and he asked the Lord not to have anything happen to him, that he would be blessed and everything. And the God of Israel granted his request. But that's the only place. I see Samuel went through something. I see Saul went through something. I see David went through something. Every king that I've ever seen in that Bible went through something. Every even uh, even Esther as a queen went through something. She almost lost her life trying to talk to her husband so that she can save her people. You must be willing to go through something that you'll be willing to receive from God. 17, and Ananias went his way and entered into the house and put his hands on him and said, Brother, Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, has appeared unto thee in the way as thou hast come, has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled, be filled with the Holy Ghost. You notice it doesn't say Holy Spirit. One of days I'll teach you on that, the difference between the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. But if you notice, it's still supernatural. He knew what Paul had already seen without talking to Paul. He told him how Jesus had appeared to him and stuff and that he was sent there to receive his sight. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scaled, and he received sight, went forth, and arose, and was baptized. Now, did he receive the Holy Spirit before he got baptized? Yes. Is baptism very necessary? Yes. Can you have the Holy Spirit without baptism? Yes. But I'm trying to tell you, there's a way God has things to be decent and in order, but he's God and we're not, and he can change the order. So always remember, everything is subject to change but God. So you may be broke today. I'm speaking the word in somebody's spirit right now. You watch. You may be broke today, but by tomorrow, this time, you will receive money, unexpected money. And you can call in next week and tell how the Lord gave it to you unexpectedly. All right? And it says, and when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then Saul, certain days with the disciples, which were in Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogue, that he is the Son of God. You notice how he went from de- wanting to destroy the kingdom of Christ to where he said, Christ is the Son of God. It's the reason that he said Christ and not Jesus. As I tell people, I say, 
Don't be so hung up on names and stuff. Understand the knowledge of what it says, and you will understand why it says Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus, or sometimes it says Jesus or it says Christ. It's more than just looking at dead words on a dead page. It has an understanding. That's why it says, with all your getting, get an understanding. Because wisdom is the principal thing, but with all your getting, get an understanding. Then it says, the 21st verse, it says, But all that heard him was amazed and said, Is this not the destroyer of them which are called upon that name or that authority in Jerusalem? And came hither here intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priest. But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelled in Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ. This is the anointing they were heard about. This is the being that was prophesied that would happen 700 years before it even happened. This is what all the scriptures talk about, starting with Genesis, Genesis 3 and 15, where he, the uh, the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. Everything that was already been written is being fulfilled through this one. That's why he called him the Christ, okay? 24, but their laying awake was known as Saul, and they watched the gate day and night to kill him. See, when you know the truth, people don't like you. When you start telling how they uh, that the Lord is is good, well, he ain't been good to me, they get jealous and they get angry. The disciples then took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul had come into Jerusalem, he assisted to join himself to the disciples, but they were afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. A lot of times, it's just like what they said with me, when I started in the ministry 38 years ago, no, not him, anybody but him. But see, when the Lord makes a visit, your walls will be let down. I'm trying to tell you, you will be scared. I don't know. He ain't never visited me. Uh, what I'm trying to tell you, he will. And you want to make sure that he is smiling at you and not frowning at you. A lot of people, oh, he's so merciful and kind and everything. He hates evil. He hates sin. He wants you to turn. And if your mother and father are smiling at you when they try to get you to turn from doing what you're doing wrong, most of us, we wouldn't turn around. But they give you that look. I don't know how old y'all are, but it used to be my parents can give me that look, and I know I better straighten up. A lot of people in the neighborhood where I grew up, that their parents, they didn't go out there beating their kids, but all they had to do is give that look, and they know, oh, I'm going to get a whoop when I get home. Let me straighten up, get straight before they got there. And if any of the parents called the other parents, they ain't going to need to say they're lying on you because they're, they're waiting to – See if you're going to tell the truth, and the truth will make you free. All right. But 27, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them that they had seen the Lord, he had seen the Lord in the way, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly in Damascus and in the name Jesus. You notice he didn't say Christ now, did it? We'll talk about that one of these other times. And when he was with them coming in and going out of Jerusalem. He spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
and disputed against the Grecians when they went about to slay him. And when the brothers knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tartarus. Then had the churches rest throughout the Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear or reverence of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost was multiplied. Let me hit that thing right quick. I'll tell you the difference between the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what was in heaven, and that's what Jesus said he must go back to heaven for the Holy Ghost to come here. The Holy Ghost is what has the Holy Spirit in them, and there's only one Holy Ghost, only one Holy Ghost, and that Holy Ghost with the Spirit in him versus the Spirit seed into us. And once you receive, this is what we call born again, once you receive the Holy Spirit, your knowledge goes up to another level. You see things differently. You hear things differently. You understand things differently. But the Holy Spirit has to be fed. And that's why you have to feed the Holy Spirit by the word of God and by a teacher. Every man, every woman needs a teacher that the Holy Spirit will grow in you that you may help some other man and some other woman, some other boy or girl. Right now, God is releasing his spirit upon all flesh that your sons and daughters shall prophesy and that old men will dream dreams and the young men will have visions. Or it's the other way around, one of the two. But the thing is, the more you operate in the spirit realm, the stronger you will become and your children's children's children will be blessed. All right. Let's continue on here. In 26, it says, When Saul had came into Jerusalem, he assembled himself together with the disciples, but they were afraid of him. And a lot of times, people don't trust you when you've been out in the world all this length of time, and then all of a sudden you change. But God only takes a minute to change you. But he'll always send somebody a ram in the bush to help you. That's why it talks about Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared how he had seen the Lord in the way and how he boldly spoke in Damascus. And then it says, the 30, when the brothers knew they had brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus, that then had the church rested throughout Galilee, uh, Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and was edified, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, was multiplied. Okay, I already explained to you that the Holy Ghost is the Holy, it has Holy Seed, okay, which is the Holy Spirit. And it came to pass as Peter passed through the quarters, he came down also to the saint and dwelt in Lydia. And he was found a certain man named Eris, which he had kept his dead eight years and was sick of the palsy. Now, you can be a man or woman of God and be sick. And it don't last no one or two days or one or two weeks. Some people have been sick for 18 years, and God, to show his glory, opened up that, healed that person, or a person has been blind all their life. For the glory of God, he opened up their eyes. I don't understand why God does it, but I don't care. My job is to obey. So if I'm sick for eight years and God heals me on the ninth year, I'm happier than if he healed me on the first year. 
Then it says, And Peter said unto him, Eris, Jesus Christ, make thee whole. Arise, make up thy bed. And he arose immediately. And at the dwell, at, and all that dwelt at lay there, and Sarah saw him and turned to the Lord. A lot of times miracles will happen. Some people will get saved. Miracles don't save everybody. That's one of the things. Miracles don't save everybody. But some may turn to the faith because they see what the Lord has done for you. And that's why you have to sometimes sacrifice and get up uh, the, the words of praise when you're in your hurt, worst area. You may have, I'm in jail for 10 years for something I did not do. But I praise God anyway. I can still witness to people. I can still be a uh, uh, witness of God is good to me, even though I'm in uh, in this lockup like Joseph. Because if you notice about Joseph, when he came out of the lockup and ended up getting forth, he was the second highest man in the nation. He was a ruler. But if he hadn't went through, he hadn't willing to suffer, he never would have been able to rule or uh, reign with God. Okay? The 36. And now there was in Joppa a certain uh, disciple named Tabitha, which by inter- uh, interpretation is called Dartha. This woman was full of good works and among deeds, deeds, which she did. In other words, she not only did good works, she spoke good words. She encouraged people. That's the thing. We need people that's going to encourage people and not just sit there on the sideline. Well, I believe in Jesus too, but I don't believe I got to go out and tell everybody I do. You're an undercover Baptist. Pull that cover off. You need to get up and go forth and let God know that you really trust him and that no matter what happens to you, you're going to be a man or woman of God and let people know this is the way, the truth, and the light, and no man comes to the Father except through the God that I tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, and whom, when they had washed, they laid her up on the upper chamber. And foremost, as Lydia was nigh to Joppa, that the disciples had heard that Peter was there, and they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would come, that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went to them. And when he came, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coat and garments which Carcass, Darkest had made while she was with them. But Peter put them out forth and kneeled down and prayed and turned him to the body, and said, Tabitha, arise. She opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Now, as I say, signs, wonders, and miracles. I had taught one of our, I don't know if I told y'all about this, but I had one of my uh, members. Her name is uh, uh, Amy and her mother. They had, they, I had taught them about the Hebrew word that brings life into a person. And she went home and found a dead bird that had uh, uh, rigor mortis had already set in. Well, they were getting ready to bury the bird. And the daughter said, Mom, why don't we do what the pastor said? Let's pray over it. So she said, okay. And they both agreed and prayed over the bird and said the word, Chet. 
when they said that the bird opened his eyes, even though it was rigor mortis in the whole body. They said, cat again. The bird rolled over and stood up. They said, cat again. He flapped his wings and flew away, came back from the dead. Our God can raise the dead. There's this preacher over in, over in Africa. He went into a place where it was a, uh, a man was in a coffin and raised him from the dead. That same man also went to the hospital there in Africa and started clearing out the hospitals, blind eyes, deaf ears, people dying of AIDS and stuff, cancer and stuff. He cleaned that whole hospital out. Because we have a question, Doctor. Not... Okay. Uh, area code 702. Yeah, your mic is open. Area code 702. Go ahead. All right. Well, good evening, Pastor. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. And I have a little bit of an off-topic question. Um, okay. And, and it's kind of concerning uh, deliverance. Um, okay. If you're working with somebody and you perceive that um, another personality has man. Um, what should you do? Should you should you address it, or should you ask further questions, or should you try to? How how do you how do you proceed then? Okay, that's a good question. Normally, as I tell people, I say, if you don't know how to do deliverance, you need to find somebody that does. But in case you run into a person that has what we call a multiple personality disorder or, or MPD or DID, those are medical terms, that this person that talks to you, see, first of all, what is the problem. Because it may not be that person you're talking to. It may be another person you're talking to. You find out what is his problem. And it might tell you, my name is Joyce, and he's in a man's body. Well, my name is John in a woman's body, and my family don't love me. They hate me. They've been doing wrong by me. Uh, they do all these terrible things to me. And this part is broken off from the core person. And what you have to do is you have to talk to it and make friends first. If you don't make friends with it, it's not going to help you. And so, as and it takes time. That's why I tell people, this is not something that you get into lightly. You have to decide you love God with more than you love yourself and have to be patient so you can hear what is going on behind. As you start to deal with this thing, also remember there's a spiritual realm. That's what I was teaching about earlier. And because there is a spiritual realm, they will mess with what we call the other personalities. And they can change that personality to be evil, be unlistening, uncaring. But your job is to see if you can win the soul first before you start trying to go into the spirit room by angels and stuff to destroy that, that human being. All right, so okay. can I answer your question? You sure did. Um, so I, I find it kind of strange that a man can have um, a, a woman personality in him, 
or that a woman can have a man's personality, and that's a whole other person in them. How, how, yes, how does it, that, does it just decide when it breaks off what it's going to be from the core person? That's a good question, too. Um, what happens is in the spiritual realm, the uh, the entity that's in there doesn't always have to be from that person. It doesn't always have to be from the core person. It can enter in on what we call a ley line or somebody else put that thing in that person. And because of that, that thing could either be male or female. They don't choose. The person who's putting them in there does. And sometimes if it's the core person, it's because of how it was created or treated. It might come out with emotional, so that would be more female or radical. That will come out more of a male type thing. See, but you don't know until you talk to it. For some reason in the spirit realm, they know who they are. We may not know, but they will. That's why you have to ask them, are you male? Are you female? How old are you? How long you been there? And it's only as you win their confidence will they start telling you things. Okay, so you're saying still treat it like a person per se and get to know it and see if you can win it over first before mm-hmm. trying to go and attack it like you would an unclean spirit that you were trying to mm-hmm. get out of someone. Right. Okay. Right. Well, you've definitely given me a lot to kind of digest here, but that was just troubling me, and I felt that I uh, will ask you. So I thank you. You did answer my question. Well, thank you very much. Have a blessed day. All right. You too. Okay. Do you have any other questions for me? Uh, we have, have area code 816-278. Go ahead. Your mic is open. 816-278. Good evening, Apostle Vivian. Good evening, Apostle Vivian. All right. I have a what question can I do for you? To deliverance. I have a question pertaining to deliverance as well. Okay. I want to know if deliverance is for certain people in the body of Christ. Uh, does one have to have the gift of deliverance in order to perform deliverance? Is it a sole responsibility for a certain group of people within the body of Christ? Okay. That is an excellent question. And as I tell people all the time, the Bible always, always interprets itself. So if we had turned to Book of Mark, the 16th chapter, and it starts with the, uh, let me see, the uh, 15th verse, where it says, go. It says, he said unto them, go, this is Jesus talking, into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He didn't say it has to be the apostle, a prophet, or any evangelist. He said, go. Then it says, he that believes. He didn't call him an apostle or prophet or anything else. He said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Most people think that means in the water, but it's not talking about that. Earlier I was telling you about the uh, Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. 
when it says baptized, it means being baptized in the Holy Spirit shall be saved. But he who is not shall be damned. And because you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, these signs shall follow them that believe. It doesn't say apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. It says those that believe. So this is Jesus saying this, right? So that mm-hmm. means if Jesus says it, we're supposed to obey, right? That's right. Okay. It says it in my name, and the word name means authority. They shall cast out devils. And there's a big old S on the back of that. Devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, so this is the Lord speaking, he received up in heaven and sat at the right hand of God, and they went forth. That means all those people that went forth, preaching everywhere, the Lord working with them. Who is the Lord? And this time, it's the Holy Spirit working with them, confirming the words with signs following. This is why we, as believers, we don't have to wait till uh, I've been going to Bible school and all this for 20 years, and now I go out and cast out devils. No. You start reading the scriptures, you start pronouncing what the word says, and the word will bring in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will work with you. And then you'll, you'll move into a different era of thinking. And because of this area of thinking, moving up, you will be able to do things that the rest of the world cannot do. And one of the things, the proof that the Holy Spirit is in you is to cast out devils. And most of the time it starts with you casting out your own if you can. It's not, we're not made as an island. We're made as a planet. That means everything in here needs help. So as a planet, we work together to set the captives free. Did I answer your question? Amen. Yes, yes, you did. I have one other question. Is there a such thing? Uh, a, is there a such thing of praying for the gift of deliverance? And if so, uh, how do you know if you've re- you've received the gift of deliverance? Okay. Now, with the Bible, it, as I told you, it always interprets itself. So the first thing we got to know, is there such a prayer for to get the gift of deliverance? And there's nowhere I've ever read in the Bible where it talks about getting the uh, gift of deliverance. But it tells us that these gifts shall follow us, and that's the gift that we use for deliverance, which would be in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter where it says, now concerning, the first verse, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. For you know that you were Gentiles. Gentile means you didn't have a covenant. God doesn't have no agreement with you. And that you were carried away until the teachings that you had, dumb, dumb idols and stuff. But it says that we, coming on down, it says, but if we're in the spirit of God, if we operate in the Lord, if we operate in God, then these things will manifest themselves to you. And that will be in the seventh verse. It said, but the manifestation of the Spirit 
is given to every man to profit with all. For one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, and by the same spirit. These two weapons are how you use to help get people free. A word of wisdom is to be able to say things that's going to happen in the future. The word of knowledge tells you things that happened in the present and in the past. Then it says, to another, faith by the same spirit. To another, the gift, and it has an S on that, of healing by the same spirit. Uh, the word faith, it means trust, a supernatural trust, to be able to stand forth. And, and I, the reason I'm telling you I can, uh, I've done it, to stand forth in the middle of the rain and stop the rain, just like Elijah did. To stand forth on the beach, and there was a hurricane coming in to hit Florida. I spoke to the thing, and it turned around and went back out. That's supernatural trust or supernatural faith. Then it says, to another, the gift of healing. I tell a person, you want to have the gift of healing? Go out and start praying for people and believe they're going to receive it. I don't care if you pray for 100 people like uh, John Wimberg told me. He said, I don't care if you pray for 100 people. If nobody get healed, you keep on praying. As I started praying for people, people got healed. I've seen blind eyes open now, deaf ears open. I've seen things come back from the dead. I've seen legs grow out. All these are supernatural things, but by what? It was called the gifts of healing. So everybody not, may not have the same gift. You might have to keep praying for a person's back over and over and over and again, and all of a sudden people's back will start getting healed. You keep praying for somebody who's deaf over and over and over again, not the same person. All of a sudden they start to hear. It says in the 10th verse, it says, to another the working of miracles, uh, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another discerning of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. These are different gifts that operate in deliverance. So when you pray for one, you're actually praying for any, anything that God has for you that you need. So as for a prayer for deliverance, no. But there's different offices that you will walk in as you pray for the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gifts of healings, words uh, uh different spirits according to this thing here, which is the same spirit in Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Did I answer your question? Yes, yes, you did. Thank you so much. You have a blessed evening. You too. Hope to hear from you again. Goodbye. All right. Goodbye. As I say, here we are with signs, wonders, and miracles. And this is why we need to study and we need to ask questions. Because the more we ask questions, the more we understand how God operates. This is what we want. We want to know how does God operate. And we can't guess at this thing. We've got to be able to understand what the Scripture says and what it doesn't say versus what people will say and what people will change things around. Learning the truth about the Scriptures will set you free. Amen. Any other person got any questions? we got about another uh, nine minutes here. I don't see any new hands raised, so. Okay. Well, let me continue on here with this, with uh, Acts, the ninth chapter. And the, the 41st verse. 
And he gave his hand and lifted it up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. Here this woman was raised from the dead. God is still raising people from the dead. Why didn't he raise my son? Why didn't he raise my daughter? Why didn't he? Listen, he is still God all by himself. If he wants to raise somebody, your job is to believe that he will do it. If he doesn't want to raise somebody, your job is to still believe that he can do it. You just believe that he is God all by himself. And don't get mad about what God does. If, he, if he's God, then he's God. If he's not, then he's not. And it says, and it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass, as he tarried many days in Joppa, with one Simon the tanner, or a leather worker. You know, a lot of times people say, well, I'm working for the Lord, and I don't need no circular job and stuff. Listen, Peter, Paul, uh, and a, a lot of the other apostles worked. Even Jesus worked. And a lot of times when we say, oh, we don't need to work, we need to uh, let the people supply all our needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yes. That's what he liked to do, supply all your needs. He didn't say all your desire. A lot of times we spend up money that should be helping the poor, talking about the poor will have with us always. Be one of those poor, you will stop that complaint, stop that prayer, and you will start to help people. That's why we're here at Jesus Christ Teaching Ministries. We're here to help folks. We're here to set to get you on the right road. Now, I'm not going to make you a handicap and give you finances and all that, but I'm going to pray for you to get a job. I'm going to pray for you to, to have favor on that job. I'm going to pray for you and my people. We we believe in praying for folks. We have seen so many miracles at Jesus Christ Teaching Ministry, and that's here in Kansas City. The address is 9623 East Independence Avenue. We have great men and women of God that know how to do deliverance. So if you come... You shall receive, and we won't let you get out with me trying to do what God showed us to do. All right. Now, as I say, we're at the uh, tenth verse, so we, I mean tenth chapter, so we'll know where to start next week of Acts. But as I said, everything we're going through, what have we seen? Signs, wonders, and miracles. Our God is not dead; He's alive. If you will move into the spirit realm. How do you move into the spirit realm? You pray. You ask, Lord, give me more of the Holy Spirit. Give me less of me. Give me more of the Holy Spirit. Get rid of more of me. You crucify yourself, and the word self means ego. One day I'll teach you about the Hebrew alphabet and how it talks about us. We're in there individually and how the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us to the proper place we should be that we'll receive the word of God that gives us life and life more abundantly. Well, sister, you have anything else going on? Not a thing. Everybody's quiet, and I had my questions answered, so I guess we can start closing down. I hear you. Well, as I say, next week we'll start on 10. And I'm going to try to finish up on the uh, things on the spirit realm, the uh, the 10 levels of the spirit realm that we have to fight, the 10 levels of the spirit realm that blesses us, the uh, spirits that we'll deal with out here. And right now, 
is getting more and more. And I'm going to finish up on the Marine spirits. I didn't do it like I wanted to today, but there's so many people out here that need help. And the Marine spirits is one of the spirits that we're fighting, but there's so much more out here. A lot of people don't know about the dragon. They don't know about the uh, 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 divorce spirits, like Otomos. That's how I pronounce it. And there's another that are Poseidon. He's a divorce spirit. So most people don't know about that. That's part of the marine spirit. you got uh, ones that cause men to lust. you got one spirit that cause the women to lust. You have uh, uh, spirits that cause forgetfulness. You have uh, in men and women. you got things that take completely control over a person. Well, I'm a Christian, how can they take control over me? First of all, it would be like what the Bible says. The Bible always interprets itself, that the house was cleansed and swept, but it was empty. If you don't put nothing in there, nothing can come out to protect there. An empty house invites a thief. They don't try to go around looking to see if there's anybody that's in the house to rob it. They look for a person who ain't in the house. An empty house sets way open for it to be destroyed. So all you people who have not spending your time with the Lord by not reading, not listening, not studying, and I ain't going to say you got to do it every day. I'm not telling you you got to do it every uh, an hour a day and all this. You'll desire to do more when you do more. And if you're not desiring to do it, then you're being under attack, and you need somebody to help you, to pray with you. And when you do that, you'll get right back to being on hunger and fire for God. Sometimes you'll be weeping as you read the word of God because you know it's true, and the truth will make you free. So I'm going to pray for all of you and uh, for Father, as I come before the throne room of grace and mercy and peace and love and the Holy Spirit, thanking you for this day that you've made there. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you for giving us strength to make it through the scriptures. I thank you for giving us meat to eat. I thank you for giving us water when we're thirsty. And, Father, that you fed us when we're hungry. I thank you for with wisdom and knowledge and understanding we're able to defeat the enemy and that we can show that we are the sons and daughters of the Most High God, that when the devil comes attacking, we attack back. We don't accept defeat, that if we can't do nothing more but crawl and still fight, we will continue to fight. I remember those old battle songs, Father, that when I was in church and stuff, uh, talking about my mother on the battlefield, my father's on the battlefield, I'm going to stay on the battlefield, I'm not getting off. That's the same thing as all Christians should be. No matter what we're going through, we don't give up. We continue to fight. We find scriptures like Psalms 82, Psalms 23, Psalms 36, Psalms 37, Psalms 27. And then we learn what those scriptures say, and we speak it with confidence. That when the devil comes up, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against it, and we can talk from behind that standard and let them know, you can't get past God. God is my defense. He's my dwelling place. He's my hiding place in all generations. He is the one who supplies all of my needs according to riches and glory, and that the power of God rests ruling abide in me and my family. We carefully give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we all say, Amen. Amen. 
you know, next week or the week after, God bless you, keep you, and may his face shine upon you, and shalom. Thank you so much, Pastor James. That was a good lesson. I learned a lot. I'm sure everybody Amen. else did, too. And I want to thank everyone for coming, and we shall see you next time. And you have a blessed two weeks, I guess, is Amen. as long as it's in between. So, yes, amen. Father bless.